Hey everyone, it's Jess here. Welcome to the third episode of the Refresh podcast by Lab385. We are a web design and search engine optimization agency here in Perth, West Australia. And today I'm going to be talking to you about one of the most exciting, interesting topics known to man, which is keeping your website content fresh. Now listen, listen, before you go, before you shut me off, let's just, let's just sit down, just listen, just take a breather, just have a mocktail, do something, all right? Listen to me. I have been in this industry for a good, oh God, I don't know, 16 something years now. And I have very commonly seen that people get their website, they're out the door. And then a few months later, they're like, why haven't I got as many leads as I wanted to get? Have you been doing search engine optimization? No, I haven't. I just didn't think it was important. Okay. So even though we might be laying the foundation of the content, the hierarchy and all of that kind of stuff, even before we create your website, the fact that people do not find search engine optimization important is as evident as the fact that a lot of people believe that their website is set and forget. It's like one of the main selling tools, it's just going to sit there and we're just going to let it do its thing. That's often not the case. Okay. We do have to keep ensuring that our website is up to date with search engine optimization tips, techniques, strategies. We do have to make sure that we're meeting the market. Okay. We're not forcing ourselves to be like, this is what our website should say. And people should just read it and be like, okay, cool. Because if that's your case and you're not interested in selling, you're not interested in getting any leads at all. So doing search engine optimization in the last episode, I talked about how, you know, I would do an audit at least yearly, your content refresh should be at least every three months or so. You should be keeping your content fresh. I'm going to be talking to you today, talking at you, talking with you, just talking at you about how we can be keeping our content fresh in 2024 when it comes to search engine optimization. But look, if you have a website that is huge, like I'm talking like more than 20 pages, And I know it can be really overwhelming. Trust me, content in general can be very, very overwhelming, but it's really important Um, because the way that people are now consuming content is so much faster than it used to be. I talked about in this in the last episode. Um, It's incredible. So when we're looking at, say, even something like YouTube, which probably I'm not sure if it gets as many videos published as, say, TikTok in the space of five minutes, but people are consuming video, they're consuming content at a rapid rate of consumption. So... What's relevant today may not be relevant next week, may not be relevant next month, may not be relevant next year. Okay. That's why we have to keep on top of it. Now, I'm not saying go on your website and start creating content every five minutes. That's completely different because where the website sits in your sales um, process is kind of at the end. Um, But we do have to be creating content so that we are getting our ideal customer interested. We are getting them in the door. Um, so the cycle of content relevance is accelerating and the lifespan of your content, look at the content that you created like two years ago. Is that something that you could readily repost today? Is it relevant today? Does it look good today? Is it using the filters? Is it using, um, captions? So we need to make sure that we are on top of this. Does this, is this interesting? (laughs) Are you freaking out? I hope you're not freaking out. I hope this is going to empower you. So Um, So to keep your website at the forefront, of course, we need regular updates to ensure that your content remains in step with current trends and user preferences. This is so incredibly important because if you're not creating content that is in step with your target audience preferences, then you may as well not exist. The second is that refreshing content helps maintain its alignment with user intent, which is a critical factor in search engine optimization in 2024. So much so, especially with voice search, which I talked about in the last episode, you can go and check it out. Um, We've got to be staying updated, which means that we compete effectively 
with the latest material in the industry as well, which is so, so incredibly important. So how do we actually approach a content refresh? We have to do a strategic review and update our processes. So we establish a routine for periodically reviewing and updating your content. This could really depend on you know, how often your team does this, or I would actually implement this as something that you do quarterly, biannually, depending on your industry and content type as well. Could be monthly as well, depending on what you can do. Um, if this seems too much, of course, you can always get a virtual assistant or a VA to assist you with this. Of course, the time it takes to do that, to find the right one can take a very long time, um, but that's okay. There are some people that I can refer you to. You can drop me a line at jessica at labs385.com.au and I can refer you to an incredible VA agency. So the other thing that we can do is align with the current user intent. Like I said, incredibly important. We want to regularly check if your content still addresses your audience's current questions and needs. Does it actually address them? Because if it doesn't, maybe there are new problems. Maybe there are new solutions. So we need to actually review this and adjust your content to align with any shifts in any user search behaviors as well. And also not just how they behave with search, but also how they receive the content. How do they like getting their content as well? Has it changed from long form content to podcasting? Has it changed from... Um, infographics to videos? What has it changed to? Is there another platform? Now, I know you might be getting platform fatigue, but we need to really align with something that works for you. Because as much as we can talk about our customers all day long and what they need, we also need to set the boundaries of, you know, we don't want to be on TikTok and <laughs> does anyone use Snapchat? Um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter slash X or anything else, we actually want to be able to make sure that our content is going to be delivered on platforms that you are comfortable with. All right. Um, but not limiting yourself. Here I'm doing a podcast. It's video. It's going to be recorded. It's going to be cut down into smaller videos that are going to be put on social. That works for us. It might be different for you. We also want to adhere to SEO best practices. So search engine algorithms evolve. Your content should too. So you need to keep on top of the latest search engine optimization trends and ensure your content follows these best practices. Now, if you're unsure, of course, you can always look at the Google blog. That's great. There's also search engine journal, which is awesome. Neil Patel does some great content about search engine optimization as well, which I would always check that out. And of course, we want to compete with new materials. So we want to monitor the industry's content trends and update your content to ensure that it remains competitive and comprehensive compared to newer materials. Okay. Now, as I'm saying this, I'm not just saying find some content that came out that you didn't say, and then basically repackage it. You can embrace your own genius in this. You can expand upon the current thinking if that's where your passion lies. Um, you don't have to and you shouldn't have to. If you want to stand out from everybody else, it's not about repeating something that somebody else said. You can read that content and you can it can inspire something within you to create your own and be your own thought leader. Being a thought leader, which is so incredible, Simon Bowen said this the other day and he said, the difference between being a thought leader and a sage is a thought leader is someone who says that they're a thought leader, but actually they're just regurgitating the same stuff that they've read. And the sage is someone who can see through all the noise and see clearly and is not repeating all the things that everyone else is talking talked about that's the real difference I mean I could be a thought leader I don't want to be that um so here's a few tips that you can do of course keeping your content fresh one audit your content regularly so you can schedule those monthly reviews you can check for any outdated information this is really important especially if a website has statistics or references you might want to update them to be more common or new references as well um, and ensure that your content aligns with latest industry trends and standards you can use a spreadsheet to keep 
track of review dates and required updates. Okay, so you might want to list all your pages. You can do that with Screaming Frog if you want, if you've got a lot of pages. Um, and actually keep a log of when the content was updated last, what the updates you did to it. That's really helpful as well. Um, the other thing, of course, as I said, align content with current user int intent. Very interesting. So you want to, if you're not asking for user feedback at the moment, um, you can take this from perhaps common questions that you receive in your inbox, common questions that pop up in Facebook groups that you follow that are relevant to your niche. Those ones are really important as well. You can create content based on that. Of course, you can create content based on, like I was saying before, the actual ideas that you have that no one else has. Why not? Um, adjust your content to answer these emerging queries and concerns. That's a really big one as well. Um, and, you know, one of the really amazing things is we used to have some of the most common questions always asked to us and that we actually just ended up making a page and it was our most visited page on the website because <laughs> you can just point people to that page. It's incredible. Um, you also want to monitor changes in keyword trends and update your content accordingly. So in the last episode, I talked about how um, we had long form keywords, uh, long, long tail keywords. Now it's kind of changing to phrases, questions, like that's a change as well. So we want to make sure that we stay on top of those. So tools like Google Trends can provide insights into shifting user interests as well. So it can be relevant to your industry if it is, of course. We can also enhance SEO optimization. So we want to identify the pages that are falling in rankings and focus on these first. So this is particularly um, important if those pages used to bring in leads for you and now no longer do. What is going on with that page? Does it need to be updated? Does it need to be completely rewritten? Does it need to be a course? Can we do videos? What is it that, that content, that topic? Like, is it the topic that's not relevant anymore? We can also... Um, uh, update meta titles and descriptions to be more engaging and keyword rich. Now, I'm not saying go and stuff your pages with keywords. I absolutely hate that. People can see that as well. It's like having your website only written by AI. People know it's not written by a human being. Okay. So we actually want to be able to, you know, if we have changed that page content, we actually want to be able to update the titles and descriptions to be um, relevant to the content, but also what's engaging. What is the answer that we're actually, um, what is the question that we're answering for our user? Okay. Um, we can also improve internal linking to newer relevant content on your site. So if you have a page that's incredibly popular and it's linking to another page, which is like further information or a resource or a tool, can we update that? Can we make it more relevant to today? Um, SEMrush has a fantastic position tracking tool that can actually monitor and analyze your page rankings as well, which is fantastic. It'll give you a really good idea of perhaps the ones that have fallen behind. The other thing is, um, of course, we can increase engagement with visuals and multimedia. Like I said, most people are turning to video. In saying that, in your video, you need subtitles or captions. Really, really important. We need to think about the fact that a lot of our audience, either if they have hearing issues or they are maybe they're watching it at work, I don't know, they have young kids at home, they can't, maybe they're on public transport, whatever it is, they have no, we need to be able to ensure that we're delivering them the content that they can consume anytime, anywhere. So if captions is important, we need captions, we need um. Obviously, if we wanted music, we didn't want to have it too loud. We want to make sure that people can actually hear our voice over it if it's something that has to do with our voice. So we want to be able to um, incorporate video in a way that is going to be accessible for everybody as well. We can also add or update images, infographics, videos. Look, infographics had a thing for a while. They're still really important. They still serve a purpose, but I wouldn't do an infographic just for the sake of doing infographic. And we also need to make sure that your infographic is branded. Like if you don't use icons, in your branding at all, but then you go use it for an infographic that's not consistent in your branding. So we need to actually make sure that it's branded as well. 
Same as the video. Um, we also need to check that all visuals are optimized for search engine optimization, such as the file names, the alt text with the videos. Can we get the transcript of the video actually in the page or can we do show notes or can we do a rewrite of what was talked about in the video? So people who consume content that way can, of course, access it. But is also helpful for search engine optimization as well. So we also want to consider embedding relevant and informative sorry, videos to enhance user experience. Can something be better demonstrated using a video? Is there more engagement with a video? Of course there is, but only if the video is relevant and interesting. So the pro tip here is visual content can significantly increase time spent on your page. Improving SEO, that's a really big one as well. People forget that. The more people stay on your website because you have succinctly answered their question with your content, the better it's going to raise up in search engine rankings. The next one is, of course, repurpose content for different formats. I think I just mentioned before, this is a podcast. It's being recorded, but I'm going to be splitting all these videos up into content to share. It can be a blog. One thing I've talked about, one point I've talked about can be a whole blog post if I wanted to. This podcast episode could go for two hours if I wanted it to. We want to turn popular blog posts or popular pages on our website into infographics, videos, even podcasts. Of course you can. Why the hell not? We have to remember as well that people see, they have to see something like 16 times for it to be able to be implanted for them to remember it in their minds. So if you had a popular piece of content, you can certainly repackage it into something else. People aren't going to see it and be like, hang on. They might see it if you post it every single day for like three weeks, but ultimately they're not going to notice that. Um, so we can also create summary posts or compilations of your existing content. So it can be like most popular content this week, our top five posts for search engine optimization, or our top five posts of this, our top five posts of this, or um, user questions, whatever it may be. We can also update and republish evergreen content to give it a fresh appearance, but also fresh content. So if you have a page on your website, as I mentioned before, that answered a lot of questions, maybe the answers aren't as relevant um, this year as they were two years ago, we can update that content. We don't need to bin it and start all over again. We can update it. Um, so the pro tip here is repurposing content for different channels. It maximizes its reach and lifespan. If you spend a lot of time writing or creating content and maybe it doesn't perform as well as you like, it's not very motivating for creating content, right? But if you believe in your idea, if you believe in what you're saying, if you believe that you have a solution that could help people, then of course, why why not? It doesn't feel icky. It doesn't feel disgusting. It's gross. People are always worried about feeling gross and salesy. But if you genuinely believe in what it is that you're doing, it's going to be actually helping people, then why not? Now, one of the questions I actually received from, who is this here, Tracy? Okay, so she's actually asked, so we are in a, we are a marketing company in-house and we do need to update our content every now and then, but we just don't have the time. What would you recommend? Okay, this can be difficult, especially because sometimes we almost have to get our idea of updating content across the board you know, like, hey, we're going to spend a day going through all of our content. And people are like, no, we got, we got to spend our day actually furthering the business in other ways. This is, I, I would actually, it's hard, but I would actually challenge this kind of thinking. You know, people connect with us through our content. And if our content isn't up to date, then we're going to fall behind. And we don't want to fall behind our competition. So we have to. Sometimes we kind of have to instill a little bit of like, we don't want to miss out. We don't want to have FOMO. And sometimes that's one of the best ways, in my personal opinion, that's one of the best ways, you know, your boss or whatever is always going to be, oh yeah, we don't want to fall behind, behind those other people who they probably went to uni with and then had a friendly rivalry and it's continued ever since. You know, we want to be able to maybe just kind of spin it a little bit that it benefits them as well. It benefits the business. Of course it does. Um, to be able to make sure that your content planning day or month or whatever it may be is as effective as possible, I would actually go from the priority pages. So I wouldn't just start from home and then kind of just start from the top down to the bottom. 
one of the most important pages on your website right now? Are there any gaps there that perhaps you need to create content for? You can listen to the previous episode. I've talked about content like that, what you can actually create. Is there any gaps there? Those are the most important things, the low hanging fruit, the things that you can get right now. So I hope that helps. If you do have any questions from this episode, um, we have a free ebook right now, which is your 2024 SEO guide. It is available on our website. All you've got to do is pop your email in and you'll get this ebook. Um, It'll be at lab385.com.au forward slash SEO dash guide. You can download this for free. As I said, it's got 30 plus actionable tips that you can put into your website right now and help you get on top of SEO for 2024. But as I said, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. You can drop me a line at jessica at lab385.com.au and I'll see you here next week. Take care. Bye. Episode two. Aww.